job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal Podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, Love Addiction Coach and Trauma Specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So I have a special, special surprise for y'all today, or a special treat. Maybe it's a treat for me. Y'all can let me know. But today's episode is about how to apologize. And I actually recorded this episode almost two years ago in October 2021. I looked at the date. And the way that we got here is when I sat down to record for this week, those of you who are long-term listeners, you know that sometimes when I sit down to record an episode that it doesn't feel like that is the topic that is supposed to come out. And I kept trying to come back to it, which is why this is coming episode is coming out a day later than it normally does, because I was like, I'm going to wait until I actually feel feel like this is the right thing to do. And then also, you know, it's a holiday weekend and everything. So I, I lost some days and times with having family and my son and everything around. But when I sat down to record it today, the topic that I was going to put out, because right now we're in this season where we're talking about reclaiming ourselves, reclaiming our identity hosting workshops in Chicago and Charlotte, all-day workshops, which I'm so excited about, about reclaiming ourselves after heartbreak, disappointment, learning how to trust ourselves again, learning how to get safe in our body, learning how to love again, learning how to step into the identity of who we are, and learning how to deal with the disappointments of all the things that we've been doing, not working, but actually connecting fully to ourselves. The workshop, again, is called Reclaiming Me. And so I've had planned that I'm going to talk about topics related to that and talk about it on on the podcast and social media and our newsletter and everything. But when I came to sit to record this episode, it just couldn't come out. And so it's like, let me go ahead and look in the archives to see what's available. And wouldn't you know it, the episode you're going to listen to today, I have all the podcasts listed in different folders according to the episode numbers, right? And so the one I recorded today, I was like, I think I want to post this, but not now. So I posted it like this number that was really big. And I was like, I'll deal with it when it comes to it. And then I'll decide if I want to post it. And it's episode 198, which is today's number, episode 198. And I was like, what is in this folder? And it was this episode and I started to listen to it and I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I talk about a lot of stuff. So today's episode is called How to Apologize. And if you're looking at the link, you're like, oh, there's this is going to be a longer one. And it is. And it really was. It's kind of like a masterclass where I go over a lot of different things. I go over a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different what ifs and practical tips. So if you're one of my note takers, get your notepad out. This is going to be one that you are going to bookmark and come back to. I say in the intro for those who are, especially since we're talking about reclaiming ourselves, some of us need to stop apologizing and learn how to, you know, stand in our own truth. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. 
And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. But the truth is, we all get it wrong sometimes, all of us, even the wisest, even the most interpersonally skilled, (laughs) even those of us who are the most self-aware. And we need to learn how to make amends and make bridges. We can't go through life either cutting people off or hiding because we're ashamed of a mistake that we made and not knowing how to move closer to people. We're going to forever have problems with people if we do not know how to move closer and to initiate. And sometimes it's initiating getting closer in good times. Sometimes it's pushing through in moments of shame and guilt and wishing like we could have done something different and not making up stories about how someone's going to reject us because we because we are rejecting ourselves. Do not do not project your own self-rejection and your own abandonment on other people and not give them the opportunity to love you through it. So um, we're going to talk about how to apologize today. So again, if this is something that is not currently what you need or what you don't you, you don't think you need it, then this can be something that you bookmark for later. But I think all of us are going to need it at some point. And as always, take what you need and leave the rest on whatever resonates with you. But I hope that you find it helpful. And I will have information on how to sign up for the workshop in the show notes. You can go to blackgirlsheal.org slash reclaim and learn all about it. Learn all about what we're going to be talking about, what I'm going to be talking about. There are virtual tickets available as well for those who cannot travel. And you get a replay of the recording as well, even if you attend as well. So I'm really excited. But again, that's blackgirlsheal.org slash reclaim. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and jump on in. Hello, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So in today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down a very important concept that everybody needs to know how to incorporate into your daily life, and that is how to apologize. Apologizing is a natural process that happens when you are in relationship with people because you don't always get it right. Sometimes you make a mistake in communication. Sometimes what you're intending to happen is not actually the impact of how it affects the other person. Sometimes the impact is negative for them, even though you're coming with the best heart and the best attempts to do right by them. And with that, that means that you may need to apologize. I think sometimes we avoid apologizing for one or two reasons based on our trauma, of course. But one reason is if we apologize, it invokes this defensive response towards us if we come from a household where we were constantly criticized and we're constantly told what we're doing wrong and we're constantly told how we're not enough or we always make mistakes. And so when it comes to apologizing in relationships, apologizing is synonymous with you're bad, you're wrong, and everything in you is fighting to own the fact that, no, I am good enough, I am worthy, and you're not going to tell me that I'm anything less. When apologizing for things that you may have gotten incorrect or that may have been mistaken by you or that you may have gotten wrong, does not say anything about your worth and it doesn't say anything about your value. If anything, because you can be so secure in who you are and so secure in your identity, you being able to apologize is actually more evidence of that because you understand that even in your imperfections, even in your mistakes, even in your learning moments, you're still amazing, right? And you also believe the other person can also be amazing. The other person can also deserve to hear, I'm sorry sometimes, and you can say it easily or easier as well. Another reason it may be hard to apologize is because it's not as black and white as you did something wrong. Maybe there was an offense on the other side where your feelings were hurt, where you felt betrayed, where you felt you were done wrong. And even though you can see your part, they also have a part to play. And so it's kind of like this standoff where 
again, though you may see your part, it feels disingenuine or you may feel like you're losing something or you may feel like it's telling the other person it's okay if you apologize. And so it's sometimes it's not necessarily about power and control, but just you also feel a need to be validated. You also feel a need to be seen. And though since I'm talking about trauma, if you've had an experience where your feelings, your thoughts, your emotions are constantly downplayed by people or people take advantage of you or you feel unheard, you apologizing, even if you know it may be the right thing for you to do, you may not want to do it. And so I just want to legitimize that. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more in today's episode, because what we don't want to happen is for you to feel caught between what you may feel like you need to do and also trying to figure out what is safe for you and when is the right time for you to do it, if there's the right time for you to do it. Another reason we may not want to apologize is we never saw it modeled before us. Apologizing, saying I'm sorry is what weak people do. When someone may need to have an apology or when someone may need to have their feelings validated, they are being too sensitive or they can't take a joke or they're they're doing the most or whatever kind of invalidation thoughts that we have may come from times that a parent, an adult, a caretaker invalidated our feelings. Maybe we grew up from homes where people just sucked it up and repressed it and kept moving. So to start to operate in this vulnerable state where you acknowledge other people's feelings, where you may have to acknowledge something that you may have gotten wrong or done wrong is very vulnerable and you don't know what to do with that. And you probably have a whole lot of education through your background, through your family, through your neighborhood, through your community, telling you that that's right, telling you that other people should just deal with it. Here's what I want to say before I go any further. I want you to pay attention to whether or not that's working for you. Is it working for you to always expect the other person to just deal with it, right? Is it making your relationships better? Are you getting closer? Are you feeling safer? Are they feeling safer with you? How do you feel when people hurt you, betray you, lie to you, make a mistake, even if they meant well, but it ends up affecting you and they just expect you to deal with it? How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel safer with them? Does that make you want to trust them? Does that make you want to move closer to them, right? So here's the thing, the balance that we have to learn. Two things can be true at the same time. It can be true that we did our best, that we came from a great place, that we were telling the truth, that we were giving people exactly what they asked for, especially if they were asking for feedback or advice or for help with something. And they were asking for our our opinion or our our stance in it. And it can also be true that our way of doing whatever it is that they may have asked us to do or whatever it is that we were intending to do, that there could be some tweaking to it or opportunities to grow and to learn. So with that said, let's talk about what I'm going to talk about in this episode. I'm going to talk about with whom and when you can consider and think about apologizing. And I'm also going to talk about times that you probably should not apologize. And then I'm going to talk about how to apologize. In the how, I'm going to be talking about some of the blocks that we hit when we're trying to apologize, the things that people say that may trigger us and how to deal with it. I'm going to talk about how to apologize when, yeah, you want to apologize to that person, but you also have some things that happen that you want to share as well. What is the suggested good practice on how to get your feelings in there as well without completely derailing the conversation. And yeah, so let's go ahead and get into it. So first let's talk about with whom or when to apologize. The first thing is the first time is when you're wanting to operate in your own integrity. There, the majority of women and men who listen to this podcast in persons, non-binary persons who listen to this podcast are doing so because they are trying to heal that inner child within, because they are trying to grow and break generational trauma and break generational chains, because you are trying to live a life of peace, because you're trying to be hashtag unbothered, but with that unbotheredness not actually being repression 
in disguise, breaking down your body, causing panic attacks, causing you to have depression. You want to actually truly be in a place of calm, right? With that, repairing, being able to be honest and self-accountable, being able to have tough conversations with people is all part of the package. And so you may want to apologize with someone, apologize to someone, even if you may see that the other person did had a part to play in this, that they did wrong. You may want to apologize to own your part because you are working on rebuilding your life. You're working on trying to be a person for yourself and you're not going to let someone else who you may or may not even like stop you for showing up in your own integrity, right? Continue to help you be petty, (laughs) even though feeling petty or being petty feels really good sometimes in the long run, you may want to come back and apologize, right? You may also want to apologize when you do care about the relationship, when you care about the person on the other side. Again, this even includes when you may see that they have a part to play in this as well. If you want to maintain this relationship, you may have to be the person to take the first step to apologize, right? Or you may need to, when they come and apologize to you, that you swallow that pride and you also apologize for your part as well. It can feel so, so good to let the other person apologize first. And you just listen and say thank you and not say anything and just let them sit in that and make them sweat and let it kind of hang in the air that you're not going to apologize for your your side, for your actions, just to prove a point, to prove that you're better than that or because maybe you're still angry or you're not ready to, it's still going to have a lasting impact. Even though you may feel like you win, that will only erode trust in that relationship. That person's going to remember. That person is going to feel that. They're going to feel the impact of you operating in your ego and operating in that place where you just have to prove that you're right and be in control. And that's only going to come up in future conversations and future arguments. Even if they never bring it up again, that created a story for them. So I want to encourage you to apologize as well, even if the other person apologizes first or for you to apologize first if you care about that person and care about about keeping it going. You may want to apologize when you are just trying to let things go, including stress. So maybe there's this has been an ongoing conflict. Maybe it's a new conflict or a new stressor. And for you, you're like, you know what? I don't even want to get into it. Let me just apologize for my part. I don't even care if you apologize on your end, but I just want to let this go. I have enough things going on. I have enough things crowding my mind. And this is something that is not, I don't even want to be on my radar. So I am sorry, right? So that's the reason you may want to apologize. And then the last one, which is probably the most important one and the most obvious one is you want to apologize when you're wrong. When you know that you're wrong, when you know that you made a mistake, when you know that there is something else you could have done, Again, this is about you and this is about you growing and showing up as your best self because it's only going to give you more peace. My perfectionist, you are, you're going to make mistakes in life and you're going to have to, like I said in the intro, you're going to have to unclamp together. <laughs> you're going to have to break apart this correlation that you have with apologizing, meaning that you're a bad person. Because maybe when you had to apologize before, made a mistake before, when you were a little girl, that came with consequences and judgments and people ousting you and not forgiving you. And so you learn to people please around it or you learn to try to never, never make anybody mad and kind of read the room and see what other people want. And what I want you to, I want you to release yourself from that pressure, right? To just show up as your full self and know that people love the you flaws and all that they see. Okay. Now let's talk about when not to apologize. When not to apologize is when you are being bullied, intimidated, and shamed into apologizing for something that is one, not your fault, or two, not something for you to own. Narcissists will absolutely try to pressure you to do this. Narcissistic parents, exes, bosses, coworkers, friends that we may have narcissists, be, be narcissists in our families. Or in, my, in our friend groups, they are the ones who will try to blame their mistakes on us, 
say, well, I wouldn't have done this if you didn't do. They will continue to come back to the same issue and talk about how sad they feel and how hurt they feel that this happened or didn't happen. And just really dropping huge guilt bombs and huge hints and just creating really tense moments. But y'all both know that the only way that they're going to drop it is if you apologize. And that is a moment that you should not apologize. Because what that does is reinforce that bullying behavior. They know that they can continue to back you into a corner and make you the scapegoat and make you the bad person and make you the enemy. But they need to learn how to own their own feelings. And they have to learn how to own their own mistakes. And also you're trying to break out of that cycle. It doesn't feel good, even though they may drop it in a moment, the amount of of pain and heaviness and, you know, maybe even making you feel icky and making your stomach hurt to have to take ownership of something that you didn't do, it's not it's not worth it. And or maybe I don't feel like it's worth it. And I'm assuming you don't feel that it's worth it either. Narcissists, not only narcissists do this, this can also happen in destructive family cycles where people are just not allowed to have boundaries. So still the same pressuring, still the same hinting that you need to be the one to apologize. I had an episode, a couple, wait, was it last week's episode? It was either last week's episode or the episode before that, whenever this one comes out, where I was talking about coping when your family thinks negatively of you. And one of the things that I talked about is sometimes your family can start to take think negatively of you when you start to grow up and have boundaries and say when you like things and say when you don't like things. And then you become the troublemaker. Then you become the person who always has something to say, especially if you're going to therapy. A lot of times families and loved ones will start to throw therapy in your face or you're going, you're talking that therapy shit or doing white people shit or whatever it is that they say to you or about you. And you do not need to apologize for having your own opinions, for having your own voice, for disagreeing with them, right? You want to be able to have relationships where y'all can agree to disagree and it's not World War III. If they make it World War III, that is not your issue. That's their own dysregulation. That's their own trauma work that they need to do. They need to go and partake in some mental health support, but that's not your responsibility, okay? You also do not apologize, or I would suggest for you to not apologize when you're just saying it to shut people up and you don't mean it. So moving out of family examples, even though this absolutely applies to family, but you and your significant other are fighting and, you know, you're just like, okay, you know what? I'm sorry. And it's a way to stop the conversation, but your tone of voice, the look on your face, the body language shows that you ain't sorry. (laughs) You are not sorry at all. (laughs) Same things in friendships, same thing in other relationships. So here's, I'm going to tell you right now, here's what I would suggest for you to say. If conversation is going round and round, or maybe you're already kind of like at a nine and you know, if we keep talking about this, you're going to really blow the handle. My suggestion, and you can write this down, is that you still communicate and to end the conversation. So you can say something to the effect of, I feel a little bit differently about this. I'm going to process what you're saying and come back to you to talk about it. The reason why I would really encourage you to phrase it like that or similar is if you just say something like, I'm done talking about this, that is a very clear power play and it does not make the other person feel like they can trust you. And even if it's someone that you don't necessarily care if they trust you or not, that that power move is only setting the stage for them to do more power moves later on and for y'all to have a tit for tat relationship. And you may be someone listening saying, well, if they want to play, I got them. If they want to start it, you're definitely going to finish it. And maybe that is absolutely true. Maybe you are someone who always knows the right power moves and manipulation to to win in that way. I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning. I want you to consider, is that the type of lifestyle that you want to have all of the time? Sure, that might be a really good skill to have whenever you're in a situation where someone is trying to bully you and trying to hurt you and trying to take advantage of you. But do you want to have that hyper awareness that you have to always be on defense and always have to be winning with people in all of your relationships? 
that's a very stressful place to be where you have to constantly be on guard to make sure someone doesn't one up you versus having healthy relationships that you can trust that they're going to listen to you and you're going to listen to them. And even if you disagree that you can find a compromise, right? But just saying I'm done with this conversation does not invite that space. What is clear to me, because this is the work that I do, is clear to me that the reason why you want to stop that conversation is because it's emotionally triggering to you. Maybe it's too much, it's too overwhelming to think about right now. Maybe talking about it makes you sad. Maybe your feelings are hurt because they're coming to you talking about this. Maybe it's making you angry and powerless because it's a situation that you feel like you don't have a lot of control over. There's so many reasons why you will just want to say, I'm done talking about this and they're all valid. And what I would encourage you to get connected to are what are those emotional feelings, why you want to cut it off and to tell that to them. Because people, people can hear and they can better receive, you know, this makes me really sad to talk about right now. Can we talk about it later? Versus I don't want to talk to you about this at all, right? The first one is still setting the boundary, but it's not making it about them. And it's also telling them a little bit of what you might need. You might even trigger the other person to say, I wasn't trying to make you sad. That wasn't my intention. And you can have a repair moment right there because they see your feelings Versus they see a wall versus they see someone who's trying to fight, right? Versus they're trying to see someone who's completely shutting them down. And so that's the first part. And the second part is that invitation to come back to it later, because like I said, you know, people will want to repair things with you, even if it's too emotionally stressful in the moment. And if you may know in your mind, okay, I can't talk about this right now. I might be able to later on but I can't do it right now. If you don't tell that to that person, all they know is that you just shut them down. So when you come back a couple hours later, you're like, okay, can we talk? Now the roles are reversed. Now they don't want to talk to you. Now they're looking the other way. Now they're walking out the door. Now they're leaving your text unread, right? Because of how you left the previous conversation. People are not mind readers. Even the people that you're deeply in love with, the people that you deeply love and they love you back at, at the core, or at, I mean, the truth is we're all human beings. And no matter how much we have synergy, we need to continue, continually communicate with our loved ones around us. So that would be my encouragement on how to express that boundary. And then the last time or the last example that I would encourage you to not apologize and when you're is when you may be apologizing for just existing and being human and taking up space. Okay. So what do I mean by that? I have noticed and I haven't heard, I don't know if I've heard other people talk about this. They've talked about similar examples, but I've noticed that especially with women, when we are in conversations with people and we want to interject or say something, We'll say something to the effect of when it's our turn to talk and someone acknowledges us, we'll say, sorry, I was just going to say, and then we say whatever point that we have. So we have this buffer and this disclaimer before we speak as if us talking and saying what we wanted to say and contributing to the conversation, contributing to the work meeting, contributing to the party or wherever we're at is an inconvenience. I really want to encourage y'all to kind of listen to your language. And even if you don't have any awareness for yourself, next time you're at a meeting or next time you're on a, on a group FaceTime or you're at a social event and y'all are all talking in the group and everyone's laughing and joking and someone pipes up to say something, I just want you to notice how many times someone starts off saying, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, and just that, that apologizing. Why, why are we apologizing for existing? Why are we apologizing for our, about to about to crack a joke and contribute and contribute our, our ideas and our values and our thoughts to this really amazing moment, right? We don't need to apologize. Instead, just start with your thought. I'm saying this for people who are like, okay, well, what do I say? If you were going to say, sorry, I was just going to say, I think Gryffindor is the best house in Harry Potter. Instead of you saying, sorry, I was just going to say, just say, y'all, Gryffindor is the best house in Harry Potter and leave those words off at the beginning. 
that that softening and again that buffering is not needed and is one of the unconscious sexist communication styles that we can have as women that is just so prevalent that we don't even notice it right so that's where that's one place you can start to take back your power and not apologize just for existing another example of apologizing just for existing is over apologizing even even in the cases of doing something wrong so for example you can say sorry and you could be saying to this to a colleague or to a friend or to a partner or to a family member you can start off with saying sorry that i forgot to give you back your stapler, right? You're acknowledging the wrong that you did in the moment. I would encourage you to have a little bit of variety that still acknowledges the action that you want to change, but also incorporates the commitment of what you're going to do next, because that's also, that's part of apologizing. We apologize not just to say we're sorry, but because we understand the impact of what happened. And also we don't want to come back to it. Right. So some of us may have heard that described as repentance. So going and completely turning from how we used to act and show up to doing something differently. So instead of sorry, sorry, I forgot to return your your stapler. I really apologize. I won't do it. A way that you could adjust that is to say something to the effect of I noticed I didn't return your stapler. I know that that impacted you. Next time I commit to giving it back as soon as I took it. Or as soon as I'm done with it, thank you so much for your grace and understanding this, right? So that's still an apology, but it's not always starting with, I'm sorry, or I apologize. Even though I'm encouraging y'all to apologize, the reason why I wanted to give this example specifically is because there are some of us who apologize 30 times a day, right? We're always, always, always apologizing. And when we're always, always apologizing, that puts a sense of shame and guilt and this, it reinforces that idea that we're always doing something wrong. It reinforces this idea of having to apologize for who we are and carrying low self-worth. And we don't want that. We want to be able to have that balance between taking ownership and also knowing that we're the shit, right? You can be fully amazing and fully awesome and sometimes mess it up and you got to, you got to own it, right? Hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. 
If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, by adding Cosamain products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes on your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Cosamain continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Cosamain believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Cosamain knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit costamain.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, Com. But we don't have to own it. If we're owning it 40, 50 times a day, I want I want you to look at how that's affecting you. Okay? Talk about it with your therapist as well. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. All right. So that is the who and when to apologize. This is also the one not to apologize. There may be other examples that you come up with, which is totally great. These are just the ones I wanted to share. Again, I'm trying not to have five hour podcast episodes. So hopefully that was a good start for you. Now let's talk about how to apologize. Okay. So I would encourage you that if you're trying to apologize to someone, that you would do so face-to-face or over the phone. Text is such an easy crutch that so many of us try to use to communicate things to people, especially tough conversations. So if we're mad at them, if they cross cross our boundaries, If we want to share what they said or did that made us upset, we tell ourselves just because I'm, we tell ourselves, okay, I'm just going to say this one or two sentences and it's not going to be a big deal. And of course, text just makes, is the big miscommunicator of our time because people are going to read the text in a totally different tone than how you said it, or they're going to read it in the exact tone that you said it. And it's going to completely go in the wrong direction. So any intimate, vulnerable conversations, including apologizing, I would encourage you to do it voice to voice so that the person can hear your tone, so that you can hear their reply, so that you can hear what's actually going on so that you know how to respond, so that you know if this converse, if they're understanding what you're saying, if the conversation starts to go left, either you can repair it or you can end it before it continues to escalate, right? So that is why I suggest those different platforms as much as you can. And beware, there may be times where you're like, well, I have to respond by text because I won't have time later. Yes, you will. And unless, unless you're going to Antarctica, sis, with no, with no internet reception, if you're busy at a work meeting or if you're on a date or if you're putting kids down to sleep, you can wait till the next day to call them. You don't have to do it all right now. That That's you trying to get out of having a tough conversation. So you just need to wait. You need to wait and do it the right way. So there's that. The way that you phrase an apology is you can start off with, I am sorry for, or I apologize for, and then insert your behavior. 
Some people have very strong opinions, kind of similar to what I just said before about using the words, I am sorry, because that, that will imply that, you know, you are a sorry person or there's something wrong with you versus I apologize. It's totally up to you to choose which set of words work best for you. For me, neither one really affects me because I'm pretty clear on the why I'm doing it. And that is a part of my integrity and actually is more evidence that I am operating in good character when I apologize or when I say I'm sorry. So that is not a trigger for me, but it may be for you, especially if you're someone who tends to over apologize. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. But notice that when you are apologizing, I apologize for insert behavior. I did not add a, but you did this. Or I apologize for this because when you said this, then it made me do X, right? The reason why you don't want to add that second part and make that a complex sentence because you're adding a whole other clause to it is because you're taking the attention from you taking ownership for your part and you're making it about them. To which what is there going to be, what's going to be their reply? They're going to want to fight back because those are fighting words. That's not really an apology. That's you in a sneaky way or maybe not so sneaky way trying to call them out for what you didn't like and trying to mask it as an apology. So if you're truly trying to take ownership for your part, if you're truly trying to repair the relationship, you start off with just, I apologize or I'm sorry for insert behavior. Again, remember, I'm going to talk about in a moment what to do if you want to apologize for your part, but also you have some emotions about what happened that you want them to hear as well, we're going to talk about that, okay? I think sometimes we don't want to just leave this as is because we've had so many experiences where we just apologize to people and people just took it for granted and they use it as a way to hold it over our heads that they didn't really care about how we felt on the other side of it. And so now when it comes to apologizing, we are very reluctant to separate the apology from also the reason why we did what we did, because we want, we want to feel empowered. We want to feel heard. And hopefully what I'm going to share with you is another way that you can get that same need met. After you say that, you want to follow up with a commitment on what you will do differently next. Even if you don't know, you can acknowledge that there needs to be a change. So I'm going to use that Really small, kind of silly example that I said earlier about the stapler. So I apologize for taking your stapler. I know that it really held you back because you needed it to staple your reports. Next time, I'm going to return it as soon as I'm done so that you don't have to worry about not having one, right? That's the commitment. You can also say, sorry for taking your stapler. I know that it affected your report status. I'm going to work on trying to find a solution so that this doesn't happen again, right? That's your commitment. You're not able to specifically say what it is, maybe because you don't know what it is, but that is one thing you can say. You can also say, I want to make this better. Can you tell me how I can, what I can do differently next time? Okay. That's you asking for a specific answer to this solution. And that's going to help you not have this really big opening into conversation. So for example, you can say something to the effect of, tell me what can I do better? And maybe this person has a whole list of things they want to tell you, (laughs) right? Which will definitely derail the conversation. So if you ask, what can I do better to help with this part? Then that's going to help them focus and give you constructive words on what you can do to to, to make it right. Okay. So this is a very cookie cutter way to talk about apologies. Let's talk about some of the things that can go wrong that can, or actually they're not going wrong, but that can potentially trigger you as you're trying to apologize to someone, show your integrity, repair the relationship. And then these things happen that make you be like, you know what, this is why I didn't want to do this in the first place. Right. So the first thing is maybe after you apologize, they start to elaborate and they start to explain why what you did really hurt them. And it, if you are not prepared for that, that can be very triggering because it can feel like they are just dumping on you and trying to abuse you or trying to make you feel like shit. When really what is happening is that their feelings were hurt and they felt betrayed or they needed something and you weren't, avail- you weren't available for it. And so when you came and you apologized, 
what you did is you helped them feel safe to share more about what they've been feeling. Because before that, the trust had been broken, right? They felt like you did whatever you did or didn't do whatever you, you didn't do. And maybe that you didn't care. So when you came and acknowledged what you did, it's like, oh, okay, well, let me tell you how I've been feeling. And if you come, come going back to our trauma or going back maybe to our lack of experience, if you come from backgrounds where people just dumped on you or talked about how you weren't getting things right or were super critical or they could never let anything go, like they truly were nitpickers and naggers and just made you feel like crap. When someone starts to share those things with you, that's what it triggers inside of you. And everything in you wants to shut that down and say, you know what? I didn't come to you for this. I just came to apologize. I didn't ask you all that. I already said, I'm sorry. What else do you want from me? What they want from you is to be able to hear their emotions. Their emotions are not, people cannot make you feel anything about yourself that you don't already feel yourself. So if you already have some, untouched shame or guilt or doubt about whether or not you've done the right thing or if you're doing the right things by people, you can and will be very sensitive when people come and they share their feelings about you during moments like this, right? It can absolutely expose that when you feel really confident about how you're showing up, even when you know you've made a mistake, but you feel very confident and you know that you're open to growing and changing, when someone comes and shares that to you, it's just information. It's just, oh, okay, Nicole, my friend Nicole, when, this, when these things happen, this is what, how it affects her. This is how she feels. And this is what she needs next time to feel safe. Okay, got it. Instead of me he hearing that I'm a failure and I'm the worst friend ever and everything else, especially if that's not even the words that she's using. A lot of times we will paraphrase strongly in favor towards our insecurities if our insecurities are stronger than our confidence. We're always going to have places that we feel like we can grow that we may not feel as confident in. However, we got to look at what, which one are we feeding? Which monster are we feeding? Are we going to feed our confidence more or are we going to feed our insecurities more? Which one are we going to choose to, to accept? Okay. So when you apologize to someone I want you to be prepared that they may want to they may want to revisit what happened and talk about it. And you have to be in a place where you're open to talking about it, right? And maybe learning what you need to know about yourself or learning what they need to hear or what they need in the moment or a little bit of both. Okay? This is completely normal when it happens in an apology. If you are someone who can tend towards the defensive side, when you hear things that you don't like, for some of us, we go inward and we get quiet and we get resentful internally. And for some of us, we shut down, maybe we even show it on our face. Maybe we even fight back and say, well, I only did this because you did this and that kind of thing. What I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you that before you offer a rebuttal or an explanation in your defense, I would encourage you to just kind of sit with it for a little bit and kind of think about it. As long as they are not being, if they are truly being emotionally abusive or verbally abusive and they are a, a narcissist on the, on the low and by you apologizing, this gets exposed. I'm not telling you to sit there and take abuse. There are so many times that I have coached my clients, coached my students that when they're apologizing to someone and that person literally is unloading on them, that you don't sit there and take two hours of someone wailing on you verbally in efforts to show that you're listening. That is literally just you being traumatized. However, again, sometimes we need to learn how to listen to feedback because it could be for our benefit. And sometimes we have to learn how to listen to feedback even when it's not our benefit so that we can stop being so triggered when people give us feedback in general. So for example, if you walk around in life as a type of person that nobody can say anything to ever, 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 or you get real upset, again, that's a stressful way to live your life. We have to get to a place where we are in between having a really good balanced filter where things that are actually true and things that are actually for our growth, we can, we have a filter that is open enough for that to get in and get into our heart for us to learn from. But that filter simultaneously 
everything that is not true and everything that is not for our benefit and everything that is not going to help us grow, but it's really just people projecting their stuff onto us. It just rolls off of us, right? We can, we can look at it and assess it and say, is this true for me? Is this something that I actually need to look at? No, this isn't true. This is, this is about them. This isn't about me, right? So that would be my encouragement for you to kind of sit with it. If it is not an abusive conversation for you to figure out if it is abusive, this is also where having a therapist can come in to play at. This may be triggering previous conversations you've had with people. This could be triggering conversations that you've been afraid to have with people because you've been afraid that it could go left. And so this would be really great to bring to your therapist or clinician to kind of to talk through and see what he or she says about about this scenario, about the scenario that you have in your mind. And would it be safe for you to to do this or would it not be safe for you? Because it might not be. Also, we could sometimes not want to hear what people have to say because there's a part of us that don't that doesn't want them. This is some people, not everybody, but there can be a part of us that doesn't want the other person to think that they got the last word, especially if the last word happens to be wrong. Like maybe it is something that they're projecting onto us that doesn't fit. And so the idea of just letting them say whatever they want to say, and we just have to sit there and take it is like, ain't no way (laughs) that is not going to happen. Like they need to know, they need to know that they're wrong, right? I want you to know that you can also come back later and have a conversation with them. You can have this initial apology conversation, hear them out, hear what their thoughts are. And then you can come back later and say, you know what, that thing that you asked me for, that thing that you asked me to do differently, it's it's really not going to work for me. I I don't think that that is, that fits and you can talk with them about it. Or if they're not worth it, worth, (laughs) everybody is worthy. If they are not worth that repair, again, you can just let it go. Once the person is done sharing what they are feeling, you can then ask them, okay, is that it? Is, is, are we good? Do you feel better now? That kind of thing, just so that you can close the conversation. The goal for this is not necessarily for y'all to be friends, especially if you're people who don't like each other. Sometimes you're going to want to or need to apologize to someone that you do not like at all especially if it's for one of the reasons that I said before, that you're working on your own integrity and your own living in your own value system. If you're working on not living stressed and living in problems and chaos and bitterness and resentful resentfulness, because it brings your energy down, it brings your vibes down. So you're not going to let negative petty stuff with a coworker you don't like or a friend of a friend that you don't, you just, you just don't vibe with. You're not going to let them get you down. So you're going to say what you need to say and move on, right? So it is totally okay for you to apologize to people that you don't like or don't care to repair a relationship with because you have alternative reasons that are for your personal growth, okay? I want to repeat at this point of the podcast that apologies do not work with narcissists. Narcissists will take your apology and they will be the ones who will use that as fodder to just unload on you for an hour or two of how you are the worst wife, the worst girlfriend, a selfish daughter, uh, a sister who betrayed them, the worst parent ever, the worst employee, they're going to use it for ammunition. You think you're operating in integrity to repair the relationship and help them feel safe, but a narcissist's goal is different and the way that they interpret and see the world is much different than everybody else. You are a tool and this relationship is a tool to make them feel empowered. So they're going to use everything they can to make sure that they always stay in a one-up position. It doesn't matter how much logic or how much you try to explain this to them is that your words are going to be twisted and not received. Okay. So with narcissists, let's say you also have the goal of you operating in your integrity to avoid stress and drama in your life, right? So Instead of apologies, I would encourage you to just acknowledge that you heard what they said, especially if you are in a trapped space with them and you can't get around them. And if and or if you want to, you don't always have to acknowledge a narcissist, especially if they are texting you or, you know, calling you and trying to get you to engage in a back and forth. You don't have to answer the phone. You don't have to reply. Right. You can screen calls. You can screen. You can screen conversations, right? And 
miss their phone calls and then call them back when you're ready or not call them back at all and text them to just see, okay, what is it that you needed, right? You can, you can, you can put buffers in so that you do ha- not have to be drained by this person. But let's say you are in a trap space with them, like a family event, or you're at a mutual friend's party, or it was a holiday or something like that. And they're telling you something that you have done, or they're trying to hint at something that you've done and trying to guilt you into an apology or shame you into an apology. The acknowledgement that I would encourage you to share or some variation of it is, I hear that that upset you. Thanks for letting me know. And then walk away. Because <laughs> it's over. I've acknowledged that you were upset. You've let me know. Thank you for letting me know. And now that's it. It's over, right? There's nothing else for you to say. There's no apology that needs to be given. There's nothing else that needs to be shared, right? And I really encourage you, this is the third time you're saying it on purpose, for you to leave the conversation. A narcissist will keep hammering and wearing you down until they get you to say or do the thing that they want you to say or do. And it can really disrupt the confident cycle that you're in and make you start to second guess and doubt yourself. So that's why I'd encourage you to not stay in prolonged relationships with them or conversations with them, also relationships, but definitely these conversations, okay? And then for our last portion, y'all, let's talk about what to do if or when you have a point of view, point of view to share that is on the other side of the apology. So you have, to, you have some things that you know you want to apologize for, but also they did some things or said some things or didn't do some things that you needed them to do that you have feelings about, right? It is at this point, after you have apologized, heard what they had to say, that I encourage you to introduce your feelings here as well. The reason why I encourage you to wait at this point is because when someone else is on 10, they can't hear what you're saying. They cannot process your vulnerability and your emotions because their brain is on fire, right? And so if you really want to be heard, the only way that they are truly going to be able to receive everything that you have to share is after they have felt heard and validated. And validated does not mean that you agree with them. You can absolutely say something to the effect of, I see how that could have hurt you and I see how that could have affected you. I I would have felt the same way if that had happened to me. You could, you could say those things even if you disagree with the way that the timeline went and all of that, right? You don't have to agree on the details. You just want to validate that you understand or you can, you can understand their experience, even if you had a different experience, okay? You being able to do that is really going to set the stage for them being able to do the same for you as well, right? It's really going to change this cycle where you're caught in this power dynamic where somebody has to win. And for many of us, we know how to win. For some of us, we know how to win by loud talking and talking, talking over somebody else. We know how to win an argument by hitting below the belt, right? So they say or do something and we call out something that we know that they feel insecure about or something that they're working on and it shuts them right up. We know how to win an argument by relating them to someone that they don't want to be, right? So you just like your mama, you just like your daddy, uh, you're just like an annoying friend you used to have, you're just like your ex or my ex, right? Again, shut them right up. You know how to win an argument by doing silent treatment or punishing them by not expressing what you want and being petty. You may even know how to get what you want and to win by throwing things, by calling them names, by being abusive, okay? But is how is that going to help you in your relationships? It's not. So you got to decide what is it that I actually want my relationships to look like? If you've never thought about that, I want you to think about that now. If you are truly trying to break generational patterns, And if you want to have a healthy partnership, a healthy relationship with your family and your friendships, it's not enough to get clear on your list or to talk with your therapist and unload about how crazy your family is. That's absolutely part of it to get some understanding. But also the other part is looking at yourself and looking at how do you contribute to this. And I know it's hard. And it's even hard me saying this because sometimes people be getting you all the way fucked up. Sorry, I know I'm cussing a lot this episode. I'm cussing more than I usually like to do if I do cuss. But yeah, sometimes just people really 
are not respecting you and they're doing things that just are, are dirty, right? And it makes sense for you to get upset and you're fully entitled to get upset. And sometimes people do things like this, who you really love and who you really want to keep a relationship with, or you want to move past it. And in order to do that, we got to learn a different way to communicate and share what we need and share what we want. And sometimes it's as uncomfortable as listening to them talk about their feelings and trying to hold space for them while in the back of our mind, we're like, okay, but what about me, right? Knowing that as long as you're setting the stage in a healthy way here, it's going to be better received when it's time, when they're done for you to start to talk about you. So they've talked, you apologize. They said how they felt. You said everything good. Do you feel heard? That's a therapy phrase. Do you feel heard? They say yes. Here's where you say, okay, great. I'm happy you feel better. Can I, is it okay if I share with you how I'm feeling now? And I want to say almost always they'll say yes, but I'll just say eight or nine times out of 10, 8.9, 9.4 very high amount of time someone is automatically going to say yes because you have really validated them. They feel very safe with you. And now you're able to share how what happened affected you. Okay. This is not necessarily how to apologize, but the way that I would encourage you to share how what happened affected you is the phrase, I felt feeling the emotion when you fill in the action. Okay. You don't want to start off with when you did da 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 because you're starting off from the beginning with blaming and attacking. Even if you're not trying to blame and attack and even if you come with all of these really soft words at the end with, well, you did this, but I know it's just because you were feeling sad that day. All they heard was what you what they did wrong at front. And you want to start off with your emotions. I felt blank when this happened. Okay. And then start to have that same conversation that you just had with them, but on the other side. Okay. So that is my suggested techniques for how to apologize. Of course, you may have your own bag of tricks or skills that you know that work for you, that your therapist may have has been successful for you. And that's totally awesome. And that's totally great. I just wanted to share what I've seen be effective for my students, for my clients, for myself and my own personal life, and hope that it can just be one more feather in your cap. Again, I know that a lot of things that I just shared can feel very opposite and extreme to what you could be doing especially if you're learning how to communicate and you're starting to build a new family legacy and tradition all on your own right now. You're the first one. I mean, people talk about being the first one to go to college sometimes. For many of us, especially in the Black community where we're unlearning the impact of generational trauma in our lives, we could be the first one who's trying to be emotionally validating towards other people and ourselves and our entire family. We could be the first one who's trying not to have a household that yells all the time. We could be the first one who tries to have a family that is built on fidelity and loyalty and not scamming people and not trying to win, right? We could be the first person in our family who's actually expressing what we feel instead of repressing it and it turning into depression or mental illness or addictions and other things like that, right? So many of us are doing this for the first time. And as much as we know what is work, what we've been doing doesn't work. Also doing what I described today or things that are similar to it is like, that's way too much. That's way too soft. You're really trying to have us out here setting ourselves up to be walked over or have people look at at, look at us like we are dumb to just leave us hanging and not be as intentional in communication as we are. And I'm able to name those fears because they are real fears. And sometimes those things can happen when you're talking with people who are emotionally unavailable, when people who are toxic, with people who don't want to see their part. But here's the thing. That doesn't change the fact that the way that you may have been operating before or your family members have operated before or people around you have is not what you want to carry on with you. So the best bet is not for you to stunt yourself from changing and trying something new just to see if it works. Maybe it won't work for you. Again, maybe you need to have another communication or boundary setting technique that another teacher or healer can teach you. That's totally fine. 
But my my suggestion would not be for you to abandon it altogether, but for you to find healthy people with whom you can talk this way with. Other people that you can apologize to and will also apologize with you. People who are not trying to continually dominate and use you and take you for granted, but are also have the capacity to hear what you need and support you as well. That's the best bet I have, I, I would suggest for you to trade out the people who ain't working anymore or demote them, right? So not necessarily cutting people off, but instead of these people being in your inner circle, you find people who will actually value and cherish you the way that you deserve and want to be treated, okay? So that is today's episode for how to apologize. I hope that you found it helpful. I hope that there were some parts that stuck out to you. And I also hope that it was clear the times to not apologize when there is abuse, narcissism, other things in play that will actually put you in danger. And make sure you're not apologizing for existing, y'all. You have a right to all of your emotions, all of your feelings. They all deserve to be heard. And I hope you find the right places and practices to share those with the world. I'm sending y'all love this week. I will see you in the next one. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.